darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The demons squeal in sheer delight. It's you they spy, so plump, so right. For though the groove is hard to beat, yet still you stand with frozen feet. You try to run, you try to scream, but no more sun you'll ever see. For evil reaches from the crypt to crush you in its icy grip. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Can you dig it? <laughs> Welcome, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from a tin can deep in the heart of Uptown New Orleans. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your old buddy Liv. Hey, out of the tin can. Yep. All right. Well, Livy, this is episode 43, the James Sutherland edition. The James Sutherland edition. Nice. Uh, What's going on, man? How you been? Ah, all right, man. I've had a pretty um, exciting week uh, ever since Saturday, man. Uh, went to the LSU Ole Miss game on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big big weekend. The Two Sorry Excuses had Death Valley covered. Yep. Yep, definitely. I was at the, um, as the people down here like to say, the real Death Valley. Uh, I would also concur that that is the real Death. It's always bugged me that there was two Death Valleys. Um, yeah, because the there really should only be one marquee nickname for a particular location. So, for example, Ohio State is the horseshoe. Yep. Uh, Michigan is the big house. Big house. And there's other stadiums that are pretty big, but yeah, Ohio State. Think, I mean, um, but Michigan is the big house. Yep. And, uh, you know, let's think. Syracuse is the Loud House. <laughs> That's what they like to call it, right? Do they really? Yep, the Loud House. All right, well, there you go. You learn something new every day on the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Um, yep. Which which Death Valley came first? I'm not sure, but, uh, I mean, it's odd that they're both named. Both schools are Tigers. 
I think both schools used the tiger rag, you know, the song. Okay. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. They're both in the South, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if, if Clemson, so they have that rock. Yeah. That they touch coming down the hill. Um, that was donated from an alumni or a booster or, or, or somebody of prominence at, at some point, I think in the fifties or the sixties and the inscription is, uh, from, from our, from, from death Valley, from the, I don't know, from the death Valley West to death Valley East or something along those lines. Um, it's the name, it's the guy's name. Yeah. And somebody vandalized it like last year or something or somebody cracked it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like somebody went down there and like hit it with a hammer or something crazy like that. Well, how can that happen? It's in, it should be in a secure football stadium leading to their locker room. Yeah, but it's like right there. I, I mean, you got to look it up. Um, are you looking it up? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. So uh, I was at home watching the Syracuse game, you were actually in attendance at the uh, LSU, LSU game. game. A.K.A. Ole Miss. You know, it's funny. I'll say this much. Like, Thursday when Jared, Jared, his dad, I work with Bill, who is his dad, and Jared also. Um, they are two of the four attorneys in the firm, and they got four seats. But it's two seats, and then two seats like a row over. You know? Okay. Right, so they're not up, four like, together. Yeah, I I mean, the story, at first I thought it was a different story how that happened, but these seats go back to his grandfather who started getting tickets to LSU games like in the 30s. Okay, old school. Yeah, so I guess the tickets used to be like at the top of the original bowl. You know, like when LSU was like a 60-something thousand seat stadium. But when his grandfather got older, you know, he exchanged them for tickets that are a little lower down they're very good seats they weren't on the 50 yard line anymore but they're like on the 35 now or something okay between like the 30s or something but it was just because it was easier for him to get to because he was getting older yeah because it was hard to climb all the way to the top you know and part of the deal was that you know the seats were split you know so instead of having four together you got two and two so it makes things very uncomfortable if only three people go to the game. <laughs> but Jacob had turned him down. And I know Jared didn't plan on asking me because Jacob had turned him down like a couple of days earlier because um, he was doing Halloween stuff with his kid, you know, some not-so-haunted hayride. And one of our other friends had turned him down too because he was doing the same not-so-haunted hayride. He comes up to me Thursday and I and I had plans for stuff I wanted to do at the house. He's like, he's like, Matt, do you want to go to LSU game? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's, I was like, who else is going? He's like, well, nobody. And I start feeling bad. So I was like, I'll go with you. And then he's like, well, if you can find other people, take tickets. Eventually, I got my brother, asked him to come. I was like, all right, well, I got one ticket. I was like, you got to find someone else to take the other one because – you don't want to be in that situation of three people. Right. 
you know, so eventually he got in touch with his cousin who just moved to, to town and he came with us. But, um, so it, it was awesome. Uh, I had a feeling LSU was going to win anyway. And for a 10 to seven game, they did beat the hell out of Ole Miss. I know you probably saw the end of it, huh? Yeah. That's, that's really all I saw. Yeah. I mean, I took some nice pictures at the end there, um, which I can, you can look at the site, you know, to, to get the feeling of what it's like to be at a place like that. And eventually the two sorry excuses will be there in a few years. That's right. Yep. That's right. Road trip. The Southern swing. And what's crazy is the students like storm the field, which is crazy because beating Ole Miss, like while it is a rival of LSU's, it's something that usually is more important to Ole Miss than LSU. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of like a little brother kind of word. thing, right? What's that? It's kind of like a little brother kind of thing. Like, yeah, they I mean, beat him handedly. The day, like 50 years ago, it used to be um, like really raging because Ole Miss was Ole Miss was really good before integration. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to fuck with people about that, like especially <laughs> Ole Miss fans, you know, like, well, that school hasn't been good at football since they had to integrate. You know, <laughs> no, it's true. They were a powerhouse. Right. They were like in the top five, very frequently in the fifties and sixties. You know, right, right. And then, you know, Ole Miss was one of the schools that was very, you know, James Meredith. I mean, you ever heard of him? He was the first black guy to go to Ole Miss. You know, it was a big deal. Okay. You know, and that was probably like in the mid sixties or something. I mean, he's. Uh, you know, they have a statue of them on campus now. Like, Ole Miss is one of those schools. It's very old South. You know, they're the rebels. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, like, um, which is why they finally got rid of that rebel mascot guy they had because they were like, it's too white. You know, because that was another problem. They could never, even after the integration, even though they were recruiting black players, they couldn't recruit as good of black players as like LSU and all these other schools were because people, black players were like leery about going to Ole Miss. Like it, like, cause it's not really a great school to be black at, you know? Right. Right. You know? So I get, this is a big deal for them. Cause it's like, they're, I guess they feel they're turning the corner now, you know? Wait. So the mascot's a bear now. Yeah. Which is funny because it turned out the bear was actually, um, the bear they based it on was actually a Louisiana black bear, not a Mississippi black bear. <laughs> <laughs> so all the LSU people really eat that up. Right, right. Okay, I remember the old uh, the old uh, Colonel Sanders rebel. Yeah, I mean, they only got rid of it like four or five years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, I think the reason the students really – because LSU's kind of having a down year by LSU standards. And the fact that this is like the best thing that ever happened to Ole Miss, they're number three, they're undefeated, they beat Alabama. The fact that like LSU was able to spoil that a little bit was so satisfying to those kids. Right. Yeah. You know, it's more about celebrating and exulting because, you, because you're raining on their parade more so than than like beating Ole Miss is a big deal. Right, know? right, right. Plain spoiler. <laughs> yeah. um, well, here's the story um, behind the uh, Tiger Stadium 
uh, as Death Valley. Hold on one second before you say that. Let yeah. me predict. Does it say something about being so loud that they call it Death Valley? Ah. Opened in 1924, and according to the Associated Press, Tiger Stadium was situated near a gas station named Death Valley. It is clear that even back then, LSU fans were a boisterous bunch, and it's possible that the stadium was given that nickname as a result. Yep. Uh, for its part, Clemson was dubbed Death Valley by Presbyterian College coach Lonnie McMillan in 1948. So it appears that uh, LSU's got him by a good 20, 24 years. Yep. But in 19, uh, well, it doesn't say, in the 1960s, uh, Clemson alumnus, uh, where's his name? I know when you say it, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, that's it. That rocked. Uh, doesn't, say his, doesn't say his first name, uh, but his last name is Howard. Howard's Rock, that's it. Howard's Rock. He was driving through the desert and he found a large flint rock and he, uh, okay, a, Clem, a Clemson alumnus was driving through the desert when he found a large flint rock and gave it to Clemson coach Frank Howard. Frank Howard, yeah. So, who was a coach for about 30 years. Yep. And uh, they put the rock, uh, they inscribed Death Valley into the rock, put it on the east end zone, and now all the players run down the hill and rub Howard's rock. Yep. So, there they you go. They rub Howard's rock. <laughs> <laughs> they rub Howard's erection. <laughs> so, I don't necessarily know if that really points to a definitive owner of it. I would say it's, you know... Yeah. LSU's first, and Clemson seems... I know seems... LSU's first game in Tiger Stadium. I'm pretty sure their first game in Tiger Stadium was a loss to Tulane. Which would have been when? 1924. Back, back in the 20s, yeah. Yeah, I think that was... That used to be when that rivalry was big. Because the funny thing is, the first time they ever played was 1893. Tulane had founded the team. I think it was a Harvard graduate. And then when they played LSU, LSU was just found in the team... And the guy that found Tulane's team was coaching. I think he might have gone and coached the LSU team and was playing on the Tulane team, like in the same game or something crazy like that. No way. Yeah, because back then, you know, it was, it was you know, eighteen ninety. Yeah, I guess it's the eighteen hundred years ago, man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because that's how football came south. It was people from Ivy League up north, you know. Right. Because it was a northern. It was a prep school game. Yeah. Guys who couldn't get into Syracuse. Yep, guys that couldn't get into Syracuse. <laughs> guys that didn't want to wear the pea, the pea green and pink. Uh, <laughs> good times. Good times, 1890s. Yep. All right, so there you have it. I um yeah, my uh, my experience with Death Valley was not uh was not as exhilarating. I spent the evening sitting on a couch. Um, yeah. He's sitting there watching it on TV. Just watching <laughs> um, just a brutal, grinded out, uh, anything but an exciting college football game on a Saturday yeah. night. It was a it was a rough affair. What sound like it sound like the defense played really well, but the offense was pitiful. Yeah, the offense was just really really bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Defense uh, played out of its shoes, man. It, they did a really good job. Um, had a bunch of forced turnovers. Um, really kept us in the game, but you know we made too many mistakes on offense. If you're gonna, you know, take a team like Clemson, and granted, listen, they're not 
the Sammy you know, Watkins Clemson from last season. Exactly, but they're still a yeah. top twenty-five team, and that they're still better than us. They, they are still better than us. It's still been a huge achievement after losing fifty-six to three or whatever it was last year to go on the road and beat them in their own building. Absolutely, and we didn't need a perfect game to do. We just need a better game than we than we played. So, um, you know, so that was that. It was nice to go down there and, and be respectable, uh, but at this point, you know, you'd like to see a little more than than moral victories yep. and, and consolation. So um, we'll see, man. That that um, Apparently they were booing injured Syracuse players. Yeah, and I picked up on it, you know, after the second guy went down. Uh, but what essentially they were booing were, was um, the perception that guys were taking dives yeah, to stop, you know, stop yeah. the clock. But... Both guys, you know, I think it happened two or three times. Two of the three guys, um, you know, ended up out of the game on crutches. Jeez. So, you yeah, know, I, um, they looked a little, they looked a lot, they looked like a classless group of fans, which I don't necessarily know that they have that rep. You know, yeah. they, they seem to be a more knowledgeable, um, you know, well, fan base. Something more to do with the fact that we're a New York school. <laughs> no, you know, they they have a bias against the Yankee schools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I thought you were, were taking a uh, a subtle dig at the new basketball uh, promotional materials that came out uh, this week at ACC Media Day, which is a whole other story. But um, yeah. we, we can talk about that. we got a whole basketball season okay. to talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about that later. All that's going on right – was going on today, right, or yesterday? Uh, I think yeah, I think it was a two day deal. Beheim's um, yeah. press conference was this afternoon, about three o'clock or so. I haven't read any transcripts of it, yeah. but you know it's going to be Beheim. It'd be pretty yeah. pretty entertaining and you know noncommittal. But um, we'll um, like I said, we have plenty of time to to deal with that. Yeah, I came home Sunday night after I went to the Saints Packers Sunday night game. Well, so you had a you had a busy weekend. You were out in Baton Rouge yeah, on man, Saturday man. night. I, I mean, like, I'm hitting, like, all the high point. I mean, I'm hitting, like, <laughs> everything. It's crazy. Um, so, like, Saturday I didn't get anything done because having to go to LSU is, like, an all-day affair. Right. We didn't even go there to tailgate. We left, like, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But, you know, you leave at 2 in the afternoon, the game ends, you get back, like, at midnight or something, you know? Right. You know, because it's, it's a drive up there. You got to do all – you got to find parking because it's 100 – thousand something seats but there's no parking lots right <laughs> you know and i'm like oh what time i came last time i went there was two years ago i went to an old miss game with my dad and i was like oh we parked over here and it was way far away we go over there and they don't allow you to park there anymore you know so we ended up paying 20 bucks to park somewhere because it's um, the original site um, it the this tiger stadium is the original site of the original tiger stadium right yeah, they've just added on like, to it yes which is why the concourses look like the concourses of the original stadium like that's so small and tight in there yeah because they just keep adding seats you know right but it looks like the high school stadium that we used to play in you know ted gormley which is a twenty thousand seat uh stadium that was built during the depression you know mm-hmm and that's the concourses are about as big as a stadium 
like for that. You know, it's just as crappy. The bathrooms are terrible. You know, and and if you're and it's terrible when you're trying to leave the stadium because everything's so small and you got a hundred thousand people flowing onto the street. Right. Right. You know, it's crazy. And you got to walk like two miles to get to the car. It's freaking insane. So like Sunday came around. I was like, all right. So I was running around doing stuff all day, looking for things, you know, typical homeowner BS. And I planned on coming back here and doing something. And then, um, guy I used to work with when I, after college, you remember my buddy Colin? Yeah. yeah. It's not Colin, but his, the, the pizza joint he owned, it was the guy he owned it with. Who's, who's actually four years older than you. He's 44 now. Okay. Um, uh, this guy, uh, James, he gets in, he calls me at first. So I'm like, I just didn't answer the phone. I'm like, I was like, Oh, what's he calling me about? Cause he lives in Mississippi now, but I know he comes to town occasionally. So I didn't, so he left a message or something. So I texted him. I'm like, sorry, I can't talk right now. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and he, uh, is asking me if I want to go to, he's like, you going to saints game. I'm like, no, no plans. Or he, uh, and then he texts me. He's like, he texts me back. He's like, do you want to go saints game? I responded, not really. <laughs> because the way the saints have been playing, their defense is terrible. I'm like, we're playing the Packers. I was like, a, the Packers travel really well. Right. Because they're one of those teams with a huge national fan base. Right. And I'm like, and the Saints defense is terrible. I'm like, last thing I want to do is go sit through three hours of watching the Saints get their asses handed to them. You know, like seeing Aaron Rodgers throw for 500 yards and six touchdowns. You know, I did not want to see that. <laughs> but he's like, but then he was like, well, I was supposed to go with this girl, but she can't go because her mom's in the hospital, but she gave me the tickets. Do you want to go? I'm like, all right, I'll go. This is two hours before game time. Okay. You know, he came and picked me up, and then we were waiting in line because he wanted to get a drink. And I was going to get a drink at first, and I was like, screw this. I'm not waiting in this line to get a drink. But I was still there hanging out with him. But I didn't want to pay $14 for a Bloody Mary. You know, it just offended me anyway. Right. I was like, it's not like it's going to do anything for me. Right. You know, cause I'm not going to sit here and drink five $14 Bloody Marys, <laughs> which is how much it would probably have to take for me to get anything gone. And it's like third and 10 of the opening drive of the game. The first, the third play of the game. And Aaron Rodgers throws like an 80 something yard pass for a touchdown. <laughs> We're not even in our seats yet. <laughs> oh, fuck. What a nightmare. <laughs> But then we ended up kicking the Packers' asses, and and I was happy I went. But Monday was rough, man. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and I came home that night, and they were showing a replay of the Syracuse-Clemson game, and I wanted to watch, And I, but I had forgotten that I heard about the booing thing earlier that day, but I was like, I don't have – I was like, it's way too late. I can't sit here and watch this game. And I was like, I'm not going to DVR it because – It'll because I'll hear a bitch fit from my sister or whatever taking up three hours of DVR in a game that I already knew the results to. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, whatever. Monday came, and then Monday, everything was good. Um, I had to go, uh, 
set this case, reset a case for reset a hearing on a, a divorce case I'm handling. All right. So I go down there to, um, I'm gone down to civil district court, uh, and can't find anywhere to park. It's like around 11 in the morning, right before 11 AM. So I circle around on the Poydras, which is the street that the dome's on, you know, it's, it's downtown New Orleans. Right. And I take a right onto the street that runs right past where City Hall is. And you're like at a four-way stop. All right. Well, hold on. Time out. I got my Google Maps up. Give me a second here. The stadium is... Uh... You're not more towards where, where City Hall is. So give me... Uh, I can't... Perdido Street. But um, see... The cross street, I'm not even sure. It might be LaSalle. I'm not even certain what the cross street is. Is it is it is the stadium uptown? Stadium's downtown. Stadium's downtown. Stadium's on Poydras Street. All right. I all right, so I got the French Quarter. It's I'm gonna give you the um the intersection where I was in about two minutes. All right. Um let's see. Poydras. Perdido. Perdido is where City Hall is, for one. Um, oh, okay, I got the Superdome. I got Poydras. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So you were on Poydras and uh, Perdido. Gotcha. Well, Poydras is but where the where everything went down was um, at Perdido and hold on, give me two seconds, dude. No problem. Uh, well, people don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't, do they even listen anymore? I don't know. Well, Allison Turner will be listening because we were randomly exchanging text messages tonight because she saw something that reminded her of me. Um, Perdido in LaSalle. Yes, that's where we were. All right. Perdido in LaSalle. All right. I got you. Looking at it. Okay. And I am on the Poydras Street side of LaSalle. Got it. In Perdido. You know, I'm at, that's a four-way stop right there. So I'm at the side, I'm heading, heading towards Tulane Ave, you know, which is north, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there's a guy that's heading, he's heading east on Perdido, he's at the other stop. So that guy, you know, four-way stop, you know? Yep. So the guy heading down Perdido east, go, you know, he goes and goes in front of me or whatever. It turns out, I don't know what he does. So I'm like, well, it's my turn to go, and I start going. Well, this pickup truck right behind him, this big old white pickup truck, just starts going. You know, you ever see these people that do that, these stops? Yeah. They piggyback on the person in front of them? Yep. Like they think that they've earned the right to go because they've waited longer than you or something. Right. They've stopped once. That's yeah, all the or, stop sign requires. Yep. Or because they're in a pickup truck, so they have def you know, you should defer to them. Right. So he goes, but I'm going and he stops, you know, before I hit him. And I looked down, I just went, Come on, man, like that, you know, not like he could hear me. Right. I keep traveling up down LaSalle. And, uh, you know, and he, and he turns after me, I guess. And I turn on the two lane Ave then I take a, uh, a right on the Loyola right there. 
uh, and I find a parking spot. You know, it's the public library right there, and it's about two blocks down from the courthouse where I have to go is. And I, and I see a spot that I can parallel in. So I get my car in a position, and I start backing into the spot. And right as I start backing in, I see the, the white truck behind me, the guy that is in the incident, he friggin' he blocks me from being able to parallel park. <laughs> like, motherfucker. So I turn off my car and I get out, and my car is sitting out there with the front end jutted out in the street like that, and he's jutting the other way, like we're like this V, you know, like in, in a lane of traffic, basically. Right. You know? Right, right. And, and I get out, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, what's your problem, faggot? <laughs> like, you yell at me? You're having a bad day? Which I'm like, he's telling me that? Right. He's questioning if I'm having a bad day? Right. You know? Like, you stalked me? I was like, I'm not having a bad day. I just don't like people that freaking disregard stop signs. <laughs> you know? You, you followed me to drop a uncreative homophobic slur in the middle of traffic, sir? Yeah. And he comes up and he walks up to me. And keep in mind, I'm an attorney. I'm in slacks and a button-down shirt. You know, looking business casual since I got to go deal with the court, you know? Right. I don't need to be in a suit, but I, but I got to look like more than a courier, you know? Right. Because <laughs> normally I wear jeans and a polo shirt. But you go in there looking like that, no one treats you like a lawyer. That should be your epitaph. More yeah. than a courier. Here lies Matthew Levacari. He was more than a courier. More than I've been a courier before, you know? <laughs> you get treated like shit when you're dressed in jeans at the courthouse, you know? Right, right. You're lucky to get treated decently anyway. But at least if they think you're, you know, a lawyer, they might actually not be as shitty to you. Okay. Especially like uh, judges, staff, and stuff like that, you know? Yep, I follow. They, they'll they really treat you like garbage if they think you're just a dude that's like a, a court runner or something. Right. How do they have to give you any respect? You're not an officer of the court. You're just a dude delivering papers. <laughs> so, so keep in mind I'm dressed like that. Keep in mind that I'm a lawyer. So, like, I know anything that happens. If there's some kind of court case involved, a cop comes, regardless of whether I'm in the right or not, I'm probably still going to have to go through some kind of bullshit ordeal with the Bar Association. Right. Because the Bar Association exists to punish lawyers. <laughs> it really does. Uh, it really does. It's crazy. You know, uh, like you pay them all this money every year and you're constantly under the threat that somebody's going to complain about you. Yet, like, why are we paying them all this money, you know? Right. Right. But, uh, founded or unfounded, you're going to have to defend yourself, and chances are you're going to have some type of reprimand on the record. Yes. Like, even if, like, even if I'm eventually exonerated, they'll probably still have made me go through some type of anger management or something. Right. And the other side is, if, if I hurt this guy, even though he's the dick that instigated everything, I'll probably get sued. You know? Right. And, and then the other side of it is, I can't exactly get into a fight. Well, A, I'm a human being. I'm a civilized human being. And it's 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'm not drinking on a Monday. A beautiful <laughs> morning. I'm not trashed. The only people I ever see getting a fight in the middle of the day like that in that area, I've seen homeless people fighting each other. Right. 
You know? Right. And then the other side is, what am I going to do? Walk in, the, walk in there with a tattered shirt and, like, scrapes and stuff. <laughs> like, a, a hole in your pants on the knee yeah, where you exactly. fell down? I just got in a fight, Judge. <laughs> you know? Like, the case that I was trying to get continued was supposed to have the hearing on Tuesday, so it needed to get done that day, you know? Right. Um, and he's like, come on, man. I'll kick your ass. Let's fight, you know? And I said, fuck you. How old is this? How old is this guy? Like in his forties, like older than you. Okay. And he didn't look like I couldn't take him. You know. (laughs) I love that you evaluated that and was part of the equation, and you made a mental note that hey, listen, if if it came down to it, listen, if it was a Saturday, (laughs) yeah. Well, like if I was drinking, I would have like, you know, my judgment would be impaired. Right. 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 And um, and then he pushes me. No way. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, come on, I'll kick your ass. He like wanted me to fight him. And I said, dude, I'm not going to fight you because I'm not stupid. You know, and that's what I said to him straight up. Right. I was, I'm not going to fight you because I'm not stupid. You know? Right, right. Um, plus, I wasn't going to have a fist fight with him anyway. If we fought, it would have been like I had to do when I was a bouncer. I probably would have tackled his ass and just held him down. Yeah, get him on the ground. Yeah, I mean, and I know I could do that, you know? He, I mean, it really offended me when he starts yelling faggot, you know? Right. Because even if I was homosexual, that would have been really funny when I kicked his ass if I did. <laughs> you know? And uh, he's like, get in your car. I said, fuck you. Go get back in your truck. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're a faggot. I said, yeah, fuck you. Get in your truck. <laughs> And he goes back and he gets back in his truck and I'm standing there. Because I was like, I'm not going to be the one that gives in first. Right. You know? Right. He gets in his truck and he drives off and he shoots the bird at me. <laughs> you know? Ah, uh, the, the old fail safe. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, it really pisses me off because you wish you could just fucking teach that guy his lesson. Right. But you have to be civilized. Right. You know, I could fucking believe it. It was 11 o'clock in the fucking morning on Monday. Right. You know? I'm having a bad day. Oh, I went in, and the court I had to go to, I'm talking to the secretary who was dealing with the, who was helping me out, and she starts telling, you know, I'm like, I was like, a guy just tried to start a fight with me just now. You know? And she's like, what? And I tell her, she's like, what? She's like, you didn't call the police? I was like, it wasn't exactly time to call the police. You know, I mean, it was like a whole, the whole thing probably lasted two minutes. <laughs> you know? it was like, oh, wait, hold on, dude. I'm calling the cops on you. <laughs> you know? Right. And she's telling me a story about how she got shot in a drive-by about seven or eight years ago because her boyfriend uh, took her sister's car to a guy and paid him money to fix it. He never paid it. He never fixed the car. He spent all the money. And when he found out he was calling the police, they were calling the police on him. He sent somebody over there and guy drove by the house and shot him up and hit her. They never found the drive-by shooter. I'm like, fuck. I was like, yeah, you never know who the crazy bastard's going to be. <laughs> you know? But I didn't expect to get to get that out of that was, oh, yeah, well, I was shot once. But um, <laughs> you never do. Yeah. You never do. I was really steaming. You know, my adrenaline was pumping so hard after that. And it really eats me up when stuff like that happens. Because sometimes you just you just got to turn the other cheek, you know? And it sucks. 
And then, and I and I really got to do it. A, if I was a regular person, I would want to do it anyway because I don't want to be dealing with the justice system. Right. B, I got all the other layers of being a lawyer, but it's like you wish karma would get him, you know? Well, here's what my initial thought process was, and and maybe this is because I've been a little jaded lately. Um, well, over the last couple months, um, yeah, maybe the last year or so, um, I've been driving around willing to take a bump for some type of insurance payment. <laughs> Scumbag. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm very, I'm a very good driver. Yeah, and I, man. I can. What's that? Driver. <laughs> and um, I can navigate traffic circles. Yeah, like a pro, as evidenced by my own road rage incident, which I think we've covered. Yep, up in Boston, Massachusetts. So yep. I can tell who is an experienced uh, rotary driver, and I can tell yeah. who's not. Um, and every once in a while, I'll make a move to avoid a situation, you know, one or two steps ahead. But yep. after it's done, I, I think to myself, "Damn it! I should have just taken a bump on that one. I yeah. could have gotten a, you know." Uh, a little compensation and it is such a hassle but here was my thought process when that guy stepped out of his car and started dropping homophobic slurs my thought was you know what i'd take the beat down and put him up on hate crime charges yeah 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 i mean i guess they've done that but i don't want See, like, that's what I think so many times. I'm like, man, that guy could hit me right now, and I'd be totally in the right. But the last thing I want to do is deal with all the crap. Then, like, when your car gets in an accident, it's never the same. Right. You know? And, like, I really don't want to be in a car accident where my car gets totaled (laughs) because I might be severely hurt in that accident. Right. You know? So that's the problem. But it was really, it was really just, you know really got my go really bothered me and then yesterday i went to the pelicans game on by gagne first i was telling jacob about it at lunch that day and i was getting you know he's like no no you did the right thing you know and it's like that guy's you know he's like yeah well who gets come up and, so, and then i was talking to my boy gagne about it at the game last night and i'm like you know it really kills me because it just eats at me you know because i really wish i could have done something but right. it's like you know Discretion is really, really is the better part of valor, you know. Yeah, hundred percent, man. You you walk away, and, and very seldom in those situations, you know, do you regret the thing you didn't do. Yeah. Now it might eat at you, and it might, you know, it might get your goat for a couple hours or even a day or two. But because we're men, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, you're not you're not bemoaning the fact that you didn't take a swing at the guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, it's just pissed that, I'm just pissed that that guy got away with being an asshole, but at least I didn't let him get the better of me, you know? Right. It, the fact they pushed me really pissed me off, but, you know, I was like, you know, I'm playing the scenario in my head, but what happens if he pushed me and I, you know, we were kind of in traffic, like I told you. Right. Like the cars were sticking out. I I push him back and he goes tumbling the street and gets hit by a car and then I'm dealing with that bullshit, you know? 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm dealing with, oh, manslaughter or some uh, bullshit, you know? Uh, right. So, like, you hear these terrible stories about people that get in these Kafka-esque situations, you know, which are, you know, literally like self-defense or something where they're put in a bad position and they end up getting screwed. And that's all I'm thinking is stuff like that, you know? Even worse, so, Lee Zurich would be on the case, yeah, and your ass yeah. would be on an expose on I, on Fox so Five. Random blue collar guys into traffic. Exactly. But it just reinforces my my belief that like at least ninety percent of people that drive pickup trucks are assholes. <laughs> this guy did not do anything to improve the reputation of people that drive pickup trucks. In my mind, I already have a negative opinion of most people I, I know that drive pickup trucks or that I see driving pickup trucks. Now, there's no qualifier on that, right? It doesn't need to have a bumper sticker. It doesn't need to have the bull's balls. It's no, any pickup truck. Just just needs, in particular, a big one. Like, I don't have such a big deal if you're driving a Ford Ranger, you know? Right, right. Because you're probably not as big of an asshole if you're driving one of those little trucks, you know? Right. Right. You're a smaller, uh, an asshole of smaller degree. The bigger degree. the truck you drive, probably the bigger the asshole you are. Right. You're talking your Ford F-150s, your, yeah. your Dodge. I mean, no people that drive them who I don't think are assholes. You know, like my brother-in-law but I and my buddy Josh. But I'll put those people in the 10%, you know, of people that aren't assholes that drive big trucks. Right. Well, that's, that's nice of you. Yeah. I mean, I got to... That's why I can't say it's a hundred percent. But if your truck is a dually, you know the dually trucks. Yeah, it's probably a ninety nine point nine percent chance you're an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think I've ever met anybody who who drives one of those who isn't an asshole. But I'm sure they must exist, which is why I leave that area open. Right. Uh, they love so- the back end of their spots. Uh so let me just get to one other part while we're talking about violence. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Yeah, let it all out, man. Let it all out. Sorry that was shot. Talking about that type of stuff. Well, to this morning I had a deposition. Uh my one of my clients, a longshoreman guy, actually technically a harbor worker, but it's under the Longshore and Harbor Workers Compensation Act. He was being deposed by the opposing counsel, and we're at my office sitting there. And, and I knew of this crime that he had committed because we were gone over discovery last week. But the good thing about discovery, it was like, in the last 10 years, have you been convicted of any felony, you know? In the last 10 years, he hasn't. Right. But the lawyer knows he'd been convicted of something, you know? Ah. Uh, because he's got all the records out there, his whole employment records, you know, where you got to list stuff like that. Yep, yep. You've gone back like 20 years. Uh, he's like, well, you, you've been, you, you, have you been convicted of any felonies? And he's like, yeah, I was convicted of uh, attempted murder. <laughs> and, and I do believe his story because what he says was this guy, this drug addict guy tried to rob him. Okay. And... And he shot him. You know, keep in mind, this guy grew up in a bad part of town. He grew up in a section of town on the west bank of New Orleans called Algiers. Oh, yeah. We, we talked about Algiers. Yeah. Yep. And he grew up, and Algiers is a rough area. 
And this is in 1994. And, you know, he's asking him if you knew him. He's like, yeah, I knew him. And he was convicted, given a suspended sentence and a couple of years of probation, which, which is why I even more so believe his story, because if he really was just, like, out trying to murder somebody, they definitely would have thrown his ass in jail for a few years. Right. You know? But the other side of it is, if he wasn't a black guy, they probably wouldn't have convicted him of anything. You know? Right. If it was a regular old white guy who some drug addict tried to rob and you pulled your gun and shot him, they probably would have said you were a hero. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it goes, you know? Right, right. Uh, so, so the lawyer, who I've... He's known... We deal with him on a lot of cases, but I've only been in one deposition with him because I've never handled these cases before, but he's known for being kind of funny. You know, he's he's originally from New York State, this dude. He's probably... He's around our age. You know, like your age or so. He's probably like 40, 41 years old. Okay. He, he looks kind of like a nerd. Like, he almost looks like Jared from Subway. But he's he's got kind of a... He's got a pretty dry wit, you know? Right. And he's asking... So he's like, <laughs> he's like, so asking him what happened... <laughs> He's like, did you know the guy? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, all right. Who did you try to kill? <laughs> I just start laughing to myself. Like, it's just a question I didn't think I would be hearing. Right. And, uh, and um, in my uh, plaintiff's uh, practice, who did you try to kill? <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Yeah, so like after the deposition was over, I went down and told Bill and Jacob they were in office together. And we all just started laughing our asses off because it's just such a ridiculous question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, attempted murder? Who'd you try to kill? <laughs> <clears throat> all right. But that was the excitement of my day. Yeah, man. Uh, and tomorrow the Saints play... The Panthers at Carolina, so I got to watch that. Halloween night, Tulane is playing at Cincinnati. So in the span of Saturday through this Friday, I will have gone to the two old, the two biggest schools for football in Louisiana, a Saints game and the NBA team. You know, it's crazy. I might as well be a journalist at this point. Yeah, it's like you got the uh, Nola league pass or something yeah and I, I was thinking about it like yesterday or something i was like man i've been our last night or this morning or whatever i was like man i've been to all these games and my brother was here and he's like he's like how many people you think around here have been to a in the span of seven days will have gone to a gone to the lsu game the saints game the pelicans game and then the two lane football game <laughs> he's like maybe one of these guys on the news or something you right know? right it's freaking crazy uh, so the but, football uh, game's at home? Uh, what game? The Tulane game? Tulane game's on Friday night, but the Saints are playing on the road at Carolina tomorrow. Um, what's um, That's got to be fun. Uh, football game on campus on Halloween night? Yeah, it's the first time, you know. I guess they're... Uh... Thing is, though, Voodoo Fest goes on this weekend, which is this huge music festival they have down here. Okay. And it's every Halloween weekend. Like, it's... I mean, you might want to Google Voodoo Fest. <laughs> it's huge. Like, uh, so, clo- Foo Fighters are, are closing it out Sunday. Oh, man. 
That's a music festival. Yeah, it's 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 huge. Um, and you know, so I'm really curious how many college kids are gonna be there. Because that's like one of those bonuses of like when you go to Tulane, you know, right. kids that come out, kids that come down here to go places like Tulane, Loyal, the bonuses are like, oh man, Jazz Fest is down there, you know, and now for like 15 years or so, they've done Voodoo Fest, you know, it's one of those little inducements, you know, and all your friends come and visit you, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, because like, you know, you go to Syracuse, what do we have, you know, friggin'. The uh, Syracuse Chili Cook-Off. Yeah, the Chili yeah. Cook-Off, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no one's visiting you. No one's <laughs> flying in to come to the Chili Cook-Off with you. <laughs> uh, where is uh, where's City Park? City Park is like mid-city-ish. If you go from where my house is yeah. and go out to Carrollton. Yep. You look. I assume you're looking at the Google map. I am. Am I headed north on Carrollton, or? Uh, you want to head towards the lakes, yeah. So you'd be heading north. Okay. You keep going down Carrollton. You'll pass my high school eventually, mid city area, and eventually you'll be near City Park. City Park's huge. Oh, is that where the Museum of Art is? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, it used to be way bigger back in the day. Yeah. But um. Well, I mean, it's still big, but I mean, it used to be one continuous thing, and they built the interstate, and they cut it right through the city park. You know, <laughs> that sucks. Does it? Is it a? Is it an overpass or is it an underpass? Yeah, there's like a, there's there's an overpass that goes through, but still cut the park in half. You yeah, know, yeah. but um, it's um, it's significantly uh. Bigger than like even um. I mean, I think it's significantly bigger than like freaking Central Park or anything like that, you know. Right. Like there's uh, now they're gonna one of the big controversial projects was putting all this money to build a PGA golf course on there because it used to have four golf courses, you know, which have been shut down since the hurricane. I don't know if one finally reopened or not, but. It's all like it's all like wilderness now, or it was for a while. In the park. Yeah. What's that? In in the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you found it? Uh, I can't find the lineup. I found the site. Oh, artists. Here we go. Oh, oh, I was talking about the park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I found the park. I yeah, found but the park. You found, uh, the Voodoo Fest stuff. Yeah, Foo Fighters, Outcast, Skrillex, Arctic Monkeys. Um, 30 seconds to Mars Slayer. Yeah. yeah Slayer's playing. That's a, yeah. that's a music fest. Yeah. Uh, it's hardcore. Lauren Hill. And then, you know, you get into a bunch of, you know, indie bands, electronic music, DJs, yeah, stuff like I that. Mean, they, got, they got like four different stages or something like that. Well, I know, mean, so it's huge. It's gotta be a hundred and probably 120 artists. One, two, yeah, three, it's four. Ridiculous. I went to it probably its second year in existence, and the first year they did, they did in Tad Gormley Stadium, which is City Park Stadium, the stadium in City Park. I didn't go to that. I know my sister went to that one, but I went the second year. It was in an area called Marconi Meadows. Now it's in a new thing called the Festival Grounds, which is still in City Park, but it's a, it's a new development type of thing for stuff like that, but the... 
the year I went, I saw Eminem, and that's when Eminem was a big deal. You know, we're talking 2000, I believe it was. Okay. And Cypress Hill, man, who wasn't as big of a deal, but they were a big deal to me because they were a big deal five or six years earlier right. when I was a freshman in college. Yeah, hits from the bomb. Yep, yep. So that was pretty cool. I mean, I didn't see the 800. All I remember was yelling at some pregnant girl who was smoking a cigarette, uh, something to the effect of, don't be yelling at him when he's fucking up in school in about eight years. <laughs> pregnant broad walking through just frigging cranking a butt, you know? Especially these days. Yeah. Well, you know, around the same time, that same general era, the the post-college, pre-Boston era, 1999 to 2002, the live lost years. <laughs> um, the basement tapes? Yes. I remember um, being out with a buddy of mine. You know, he's he was the guy, James, who I was with the other day. It was one of his buddies from high school. So he was older. And we were hanging out at this bar uh, like that he used to go to regularly. It's a really terrible place. Uh, and it, there was this girl there who was his friend. And we're talking to her, and she's smoking a cigarette, and she was pregnant. I was like, you're pregnant? You're smoking a cigarette? She's like, yeah, my doctor told me it's all right to smoke a couple. I was like, your doctor should lose his fucking license. <laughs> what kind of doctor tells you, oh, a couple of cigarettes a day are good? Right, right. <laughs> Even if you weren't pregnant, what kind of doctor would advise you? <laughs> it's all right. Right. Uh... Uh, all right. Well, so that's the Voodoo Fest thing. Um, but what I'm hope like people were like a friend of mine was asking, she's like, Oh, are you dressing up for anything as anything for Halloween? I was like, probably not. Cause I'm going to a football game with my dad and it would look really ridiculous for me to be sitting next to him at a game in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you guys both dressed up as Frankie Valley in the four seasons. Yeah. It's probably been 40 years since my dad dressed up as anything. Mardi Gras. I know my mom tells stories about them dressing up for like Mardi Gras and Halloween and stuff, but I can even I can't even picture the young version of my dad doing that. He's such a stick in the mud. <laughs> like he is allergic to fun. <laughs> fun to him is seeing bad shit happen. You know, right. Like, like he's a huge LSU fan, but, but I think he really enjoys it when they fuck up, you know? Right. He enjoys it when they fuck up as long as Les Miles is the coach. Cause he hates Les Miles. Okay. He's willing to, to, uh, to bite off his own nose to spite his face. Yes. Yes. He enjoys it. Oh, the giants won the world series. No, they did. Three to two. Just ended. That kind of sucks. Yeah, I was rooting for Kansas City. Yeah, of course. Who wasn't? All the douchebags that went to college that moved to San Francisco and think they're all, like, San Franciscans now. <laughs> Seriously. Like, Pato, people like that. <laughs> I know he's been posting some pro-giant shit. You know? uh... In between his Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren... Postings. <laughs> uh, oh man, how many World Series did the Giants have to win? Come on. Right. 
I was way more gone for the Giants in the World Series when Jesuit alumnus Will Clark was playing for uh, them. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Now, there was a Jesuit alumnus actually playing for the Royals for the last couple of years, but he plays second base, so he got bumped back down to the minors because they got, um, I think it's Omar Infante might be the resident second baseman. So, still, it would have been better... Even if the kid from Jesuit didn't play for the Royals, it would be better to see the Royals win. Hey, speaking of Jesuit, was um, was Halloween a big uh, uh, holiday in high school? You know, Halloween wasn't as big. Dressing up wasn't as big of a thing. You know, we used to go and fuck around on Halloween, you know? There weren't really Halloween parties. You, we would go hang out with our friends, and that would be... The nights when you were like learning to drink, you know? Right, right. You know, like when you're like fourteen or fifteen. What about what about in school itself? No, not at all. Oh, see, at CBA, it was a uh, student council sponsored dress down day. So, um, your school was co single sex meal today. So, yeah. Whoa, it, man. Yeah, and. Um, it was there was a huge Halloween costume contest, and the next day we had off. The next day, I'm sure you had off for for All Saints Day. Yeah, All Saints Day, you get off. Yeah. So Halloween was awesome in high school because it was yeah, essentially Halloween a Friday. Awesome. You could fuck around all night. I um, I don't think, and mostly it was the upperclassmen who would dress up. You wouldn't see a bunch of freshmen, you know, yeah. eight weeks into their all boys high school career dressing up on Halloween. Um, so a lot of, it was a lot of juniors and seniors dressing up. Um, my senior year, I was Fred Flintstone, which, um, which I believe won me a prize. And it was always, it was always a gift certificate, you know, the cafeteria or, you know, there's a, or there was a, a music shop, um, downtown. They'd, you know, maybe give you a gift certificate or something like that. But, um, yeah, I always dressed up as a kid. Wore my costume to school, the whole deal. Um, and I always had pretty good costumes. Yeah. I always had, I marched in, um, there's a there's a big bone of contention between people from Tom's River and basically everybody else in the world. If I were to say to Tom you. Tom's River is a bunch of friggin' spoiled assholes, right? <laughs> Isn't that the book on those people? They, um, I don't want to say they're elitist, but they are. Um, there's a lot of homerism that yeah. goes into being a, a Tom's River native and a Tom's River resident. Um, God bless Todd Frazier. <laughs> if I were to say to you, where do you think the world's largest Halloween parade is? What would be your natural instinct? Um, Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, good choice. Good choice. I know the answer is probably Tom's River. Well, most people would say New York City. I don't okay. know if you've if you've ever seen any of the footage from the Greenwich Village um, Halloween parade, but it's like a freak show. I didn't even know the concept of Halloween parades until a few years ago. They started doing a Mardi Gras style Halloween parade here called the Kuroboo, and that's only in the past six years. So, like the whole idea of a Halloween parade is kind of crazy to me to begin with. Yeah, and the fact that there are, there's only a few of them, you know. It makes it easy to lay claim that you are the largest. Yeah. Um, but if you are from, 
if you were from anywhere else, uh, the natural instinct, I would say, is to say New York City's Halloween parade. You would just guess New York City probably yeah, has one. Why not? Right? Yeah. If you're from that parade for every other friggin' day of the year there. If you are from Tom's River, you vehemently defend the fact that Tom's River has the largest Halloween parade. Um, now, Wikipedia notes that the Village Halloween Parade is the world's largest, but uh, Tom's River is the second self-proclaimed uh, second largest okay. Halloween Parade in the world. And it is pretty big. It is pretty big. Uh, when I was about uh, six or seven, um, I won a prize in the Tom's River Halloween Parade. Uh, best oh, yeah? for best costume. Yeah, I was Yoda. Nice. Wait, what the hell were you doing hanging around Tom's River? Uh, <laughs> that's really where everything happened, man. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but in all reality, that's where my movie theater was. That's where the mall was. That was, yeah, you know. Your town was just like a little bedroom community, huh? Um, no, my my town was real rural. Yeah, I mean, like people. That's what I'm saying. Like people just had houses there. There was no. Yeah. Real... Oh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't like an actual town. It was a place where people built houses to have somewhere nice to be while they go work jobs in the city and stuff. Yep, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, all the entertainment, you know, <laughs> wasn't rea- was was in Tom's River. So there is some basis to the fact. Um, in Tom's River's belief that they are the hub of the Jersey Shore, but um, you know they take it a little too far. Yeah, they take it a little too far. But um, yeah, I was uh, I was Yoda. I had a homemade Yoda costume. My mom made this humongous paper mache head. My mom's real artistic. She's real. Yeah, uh, she's got a real good eye for for like arts and crafts and shit like that. That's awesome. Um, That's so she true. made me this costume, and and, uh, and I won. Um, and basically every year, you know, I, I love Halloween. I, was, mm-hmm. I usually get into it. And um, when I met Ange, I thought that it was perfect because she loved Halloween. You know, there's a certain type of people. I think you're one of them that, you know, you, you bemoan a lot of holidays. Easter, Thanksgiving, I always... You know, check in with you. Hey, man, how's your holiday? And, you know, it's yeah. usually the same thing. Oh, it fucking sucked. Yeah, I hate holidays. But I, mean, I hate, I hate, I hate the major ones. I hate anytime you got to get together with like your family and be committed to hanging out with them for like nine hours. Conversely, though, there's people who cringe at the idea of getting dressed up and making a spectacle of themselves. Yes. We fall into that category of people who, who embrace that. And you know what's funny? Let me just interject real quickly. Um, I remember a funny thing, an observation I made about Halloween, especially for me, and I think it's, you know, now you're telling me about your experience. Maybe it's not this way, but I thought it was this way for a lot of people is you <laughs> you celebrate Halloween, you dress up all through like being a kid up until you're like 11 or 12 years old. Then you go through a bunch of years where you don't dress up as anything because it's not so cool to do in high school. Like I know in my high school, it wasn't a cool thing to do, dress up. Right. But then you get to college and it's cool again to dress up. Right. Right. You know, like you go through this, 
it's like the awkward phase. And it's like, once you're old enough, it becomes cool again. Yeah. Once you can start really, um, once you, you can know, start drinking, once legally you can start or, drinking legally, or quasi legally, you can start pushing the bounds of decency in your costume. Like you start to, to get, you know, it, you push the boundaries after yep. that awkward period and it becomes fun. Um, my sister's real creative when it comes to, um, when it comes to Halloween, she wanted me to come down this year uh, because she needed a third for her costume. Uh, her and her husband were going as um, rock and paper, nice. and they needed scissors. scissors yes. Yeah, so um, I, I, um, I politely declined that invitation because I'll probably stick around here and hand out uh, candy. Uh, Usually, I end up making something like cobbling a costume together. Right. You know, at the last minute, like, uh, what year was it? Was it last? I don't know if I did anything. I'm trying to think what I did last year. I can't recall. But I do remember two years ago. <laughs> I think it was two years ago. Maybe it was last year. I don't know. The last minute costume I made, uh, I couldn't, I, was, I wanted to do something, but I couldn't find what I needed. I'm like in a Walmart. So I went and got a flannel shirt and a roll of brawny scut towel. <laughs> I was like, it was perfect. People were like, dude, that's a great costume. <laughs> Went out jeans, boots, and a flannel shirt, holding paper towel. And people were like, you're the Browning man. I nice. Like, yep. Nice. And uh, but the other night, actually, gone through all this stuff that'd been storage, I came across this bag that I met. Like this was another quickie costume, and. The reason I'm telling you this is because you will probably remember, because I believe it was you, BP, and I that were at the mall together. Uh, and we were like in Spencer's Gifts, and I bought this like dashiki-looking shirt. And I guess you said, I remember at the time you were like, you were ready to buy it, but you decided not to. But unknowingly, I still bought it, not knowing that you were going to buy it. <laughs> This is probably like 1997 or something. Okay. So I still have that shirt. You know, I don't even know where it is, but I know it's somewhere. So like in 2009, maybe, or 2010, I, I couldn't come up with a costume. I was like, I was like, I know what I'll be. I'll build a costume around that thing. So I was a hippie. I wore that thing. I got, I bought a wig and like some bogus glasses. And I got like a kit, like a, like this bag, they sell in a kit to uh, sew stuff to be able to put iron on, iron on patches and stuff. And and I put an American flag, and I put a, uh, and I got a bunch of those iron on letters, and I and I ironed them on, and they say make beer, not war. All you need <laughs> is live. <laughs> <laughs> and I had bubbles and stickers of smiley faces and stars that I was putting on people, and I was blowing bubbles. And I, because that's all in the back still, the glasses and all that. I do believe I had a bunch of candy I was giving to people. And uh, I found it last night. I brought it home and I gave it to my niece. And I didn't think she would want the thing because it says make beer, not war, but she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so she's keeping it. <laughs> nice. And uh, I'll, uh, so that was one of my quickie made costumes. And. This picture, I do believe, is in the repository and can be posted. It was, this is probably 2011. 
You remember when the it was in 2011 when the Red Sox season went downhill, and there was the whole controversy over them drinking beer and eating fried chicken. Yes. So I had a Red Sox jersey. So, so my my um, so my costume was, uh, I went and bought the baseball pants and everything, and I was dressed up as a Red Sox player, and I carried around a box of Popeyes fried chicken and beer. Because I was going to be drinking beer anyway. Right. And, uh, you know, I remember I was in a bar and a guy got it, you know, because he was following the news. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was aware. They're like, what are you? I'm like, I'm a Red Sox player who's fucking off drinking beer and eating Popeye's fried chicken. Because that's what they were doing. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, you had a good costume once that you put a little bit more thought into, if I recall. Um. Well, I've had a couple, and um, it when I was at Syracuse, I didn't. I my, my freshman year, I remember this. I, I I was sick. Yeah. And I remember that I missed all the Halloween parties um, on freshman year, sophomore and junior year. Um, my girlfriend Mandy went to Rutgers, and for some reason, Halloween weekend was either really big there or I had a ride both years in a row. So I ended up I ended up being off campus those years. Senior year, we had uh seven guys at 1106 and we ended up being the um seven dwarves. Okay. Which was a pretty good costume and pretty significant for a lot of reasons. One, it was the introduction of Liz Stillman into the framework of 1106 because she helped uh, she helped sew them all together. Okay. And uh, then the next year was Homecoming. 97 was Homecoming uh, during Halloween. I know the only reason I know that is because I came up. Laughlin talked me into going up, um, even though I had a legal writing paper due on the following Monday, and you were dressed as a pink ballerina. Yes, I came across some of those pictures tonight too. I came across. I got a. I got a scan, and I came across a picture of me and BP, and I believe he was. I believe he was supposed to be Magnum PI that year. <laughs> But the following, based on what he's wearing in the picture, which is a Hawaiian shirt, right? The following much, year, it was a really weak. The following year, which would have been 1998, would have been your first senior year in college, your last year at 1106 yep. Madison. And before we go any further, I'd like to say, when I say you put thought into it, it was diabolical. <laughs> you got to tell the story about. It. How how far ahead you planned the eventual 1997 Halloween costume? All right, so we've talked about this uh, this costume or this this event before, just you and I, uh, yes, on several occasions, and until I saw these pictures, I never. I never realized the sequence of events that went into making this whole thing happen. So I'm going to give you the chance to – let me let me take a time out here. I didn't realize there were 
other versions or other interpretations of this story other than the one that was in my head. So I'm going to give you a chance. I want to know what was in your head. I'm going to give you a chance to tell what your version of the story is, uninterrupted. I mean, my version of the story is very simple. (laughs) All right, well, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Because I'm looking at some of these pictures, and I had, in my head, I surprised you guys. I came up alone. In my head, I was the only guy there. But in looking at some of these pictures... That's clearly not true. It was an organized (laughs) event. Peters is yeah, there. I mean, Coquette like is here. Like there. all the guys came back. So that just yeah, goes to show I, you. You know, Mike Peters, I think, was dressed up like he's a Bobby or something. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. So, like, yeah, I must have been up visiting you guys uh, springtime of 90. Uh, what what would have been your junior year? That would have been 97. So 97. 96, 97 was our junior year. Because so, you graduated in 96 and we moved into the house our right, junior year. Right. So springtime of your junior year, I must have come up to visit. Yeah. Which would have been... I mean, you guys used to be up all the time anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But on this particular occasion, I, ha- I had the foresight to steal... Brian Peters, Chicago Blackhawks jersey. He had a he had a Blackhawks jersey uh, for some reason. I don't know why. Because yes, it said Peters on the back. Well, it said Peters, but it was number nine. So yeah. he had that jersey made. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know why he had a Blackhawks jersey. The common jersey for a Boston guy to have is um, is either a Jerry Cheever's jersey. Or um, is that a hockey player? He is a hockey player. Okay. And I think there was a guy named Beers who played. All right. So so if if you're gonna have a random hockey jersey and you're from Boston, a lot of times you'll have one of those two. But in this particular instance, BP had a um, had a Blackhawks jersey with the and number. He used to wear it a lot. All the time. It was his like yeah. signature. And somehow, some way, I got a hold of this during that trip. And held on to it. And I don't know if he ever noticed it was missing. I don't know if he knew that I took it. I don't... Who knows? You guys stayed up there for two years. So, you know, he probably left a bunch of clothes in his room when he went home for the summer. Didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. So, the weeks and months leading up to... um, the Halloween party, I didn't, I was down in DC. Everybody else was up in Boston. I live with Laughlin, but um, he was working at the time. I don't think he made the trip up um, this particular year, but for the weeks and months ahead uh, in advance of this party, I planned out the perfect Brian Peters costume, including I bought an Afro wig, a red, white, and blue headband, Cargo shorts, Birkenstocks, and this uh, and this uh, Blackhawks jersey that I was going to wear. But the crucial element of the costume was a Fu Manchu. Yes, the Fu Manchu mustache. But what I had done was I had grown a goatee for a couple weeks. To the point where... All I needed to do was shave off the chin, and I had a perfect Brian Peters Fu Manchu. And 
I, I it would have been perfect except for the fact that I blew my load. And let's say Halloween was on uh, was on a Friday. Yep. That Thursday night, I decided that I wanted to go to class because I was still in law school at the time. Yep. I wanted to go to class with the Fu Manchu mustache because I thought it would be funny. Yeah. So I shaved and I had the Fu Manchu. And that afternoon, that Thursday afternoon, um, I got a call for an interview at a sports agency in um, Midtown, D.C. Damn. Before I headed out of town on Friday. Now, in retrospect... I probably could have rescheduled the meeting for a Monday or a Tuesday, but like I wanted to be a sports agent. This is all I was, this is all I lived for. So I was jumping on the first chance I could get to go in an interview with this, you know, with this company. And I really debated on what I should do on whether or not I should keep the Fu Manchu mustache or shave it off. And I decided to shave it off it was the prudent thing to do, but that left me short on the costume. Yeah. I put all that time and effort into it, and I was going to have the perfect mustache. But I ended up having to shave it and run, and then uh, and went to a, you know, a costume store or whatever to get a, get a fake mustache. So that's the lead up to the Halloween party. And you- let me throw this other part in, because I think this needs to be said the story to have even more background. Brian Peters that year dressed up as a Viking. He went and rented a Viking costume. Like at the, you know, like one of the good costumes that you rent, you know? That place on Erie. Yeah, like he spent a lot of money. He was very proud of himself. <laughs> because you know how much he Brian loves Vikings, you know? Right, right. And he was so proud of this great costume he had. He was going to be the king of the Halloween party. He was in the most kick-ass costume ever. And he was planning on having a great time. And take it away, Sanders. <laughs> so in my mind, and this is where the, 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 re, the retelling of the story is going gonna, is gonna to diverge. It's going to be a tale of two, of two Halloweens here. But uh, in my mind, and as I recall the story, even as it's happening, uh, I put on... You know, I went upstairs, or I, I showed up. I think I might have just rolled into town this night, yeah. and I was in full regalia. And, you know, I, I made my way around the party. I introduced myself as Brian Peters. I played Brian Peters the entire night. I didn't break character. I think you introduced yourself as, I'm Brian Peters. <laughs> right. So You're being such a caricature of so Brian Peters. I ended up being... I ended up being an over-the-top caricature of and Brian Peters. And I believe Peters. he had an Afro wig on with a, with a headband. Maybe? With a red, white, and blue headband yes, like he used to wear. Yes, red, white, and blue headband that Brian used to like to sport. Right, right. All <laughs> the time. I mean, I was a dead ringer for him. <laughs> you were an asshole. <laughs> and I got such a kick out of being Brian Peters. And in my mind... Everybody else got a kick out of me being Brian Peters. You were clever. <laughs> I was on top of it. Like, this foresight, you know, this is a gag amongst men. You know, yeah. I thought far enough in advance to steal the jersey. Like, yep. I had it all put together. But apparently, 
That's not how this story has lived in 1106 lore because, one, as we pointed out previously, um, I was not alone there. No, you were with the former 1106ers. At least Mike Peters. You were with at least Mike Peters. I'm going to assume Reardon. Excuse me? I'm going to assume Reardon was there. Maybe Sean. I don't think Mike was there. Oh, Mike was in Curacao. Yeah. I think it was at least... Right now, my memory, I know Mike Peters was there. Okay. In the picture of Mike Peters and Brian Peters, who is, uh, uh, which you loaded up uh, in May of 2014, this is how yes. long we've been sitting on this. On this uh, sitting on this bombshell of a story. On these pictures. And your a description in the, uh, in the media library of the Two Sorry Excuses website uh, says look at everything going on here. Mike is trying to console an angry and drunken BP who has just about had enough of Sanders' brilliant Halloween costume, while off to the side, Coquette is blissfully unaware of any controversy. Now, in the foreground is a baggy white cable-knit sweater-wearing gentleman. I'm going to bet anything that that's Sean Reardon. Yeah, that's a Sean Reardon um, outfit. Gotta be. Um... You know, the funny thing is, without even seeing the picture, and I don't know if that is what the picture is, but it probably is, but what is uh, ingrained in my mind is Brian be completely, like, blackout drunk and pissed off and depressed and sitting on the stairs. <laughs> you know, the stairway up to the second floor right. at 1106 on the first, you know, few steps. And you just were not, you just were not letting it go. <laughs> Like he was, he was visibly distressed. Like he, ended up getting, he ended up getting so like, you know, Brian gets really drunk, but he ended up getting way more drunk than he earlier than he normally does because that was the only way he could deal with it. Right. You know? Because you, you just fucking beat that dead horse, man. <laughs> Which is so funny because you uh, never would do that. right? Very. <laughs> well, I will always beat a dead horse. I'll yeah. always be a dead horse. I'll always kill a joke. I'll always take it one step too far. But yep. I'm not usually an antagonist. Yeah. You know, I'm not usually at somebody else's expense. Because I hate when it's at my expense. So, you know, I very seldom will push buttons. You were walking around the party going, I'm Brian Peters. And you were turning around and pointing your thumb at your back and turning it to show people. <laughs> Peter's like, look, Brian Peters. <laughs> <laughs> and you were doing it to his face. So there's a joke. He's the sad, depressed, angry Viking whose who's great costume at night has been ruined. <laughs> well, Soap, Soap implemented the retarded monkey moniker yeah, on, yeah. on BP. And that's where the exaggerated caricature of 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 BP comes yeah, in. Your your caricature of Brian is a caricature of a caricature. Right. And Soap's caricature always gets punctuated with I'm Brian Peters. Yeah. Because yeah. essentially that's what a retarded monkey would do. So I'm sure I threw in a bunch of those during the course of the night. I'm Brian yeah, Peters. Sure. <laughs> yep. You were be you you just didn't let go. Like you you friggin' you <laughs> 
You like kicked him when he was down. You were fucking with him when he was like passing out on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other uh, the other element to that uh, to that equation is that how often am I amongst the last men standing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, f- few and far between that I even get to to carry that yeah, crown. I've gone down way early. Like, he didn't even make it out to the bars or anything, you know? Like, that's what I remember vividly. Like, it was early in the night. Like, it, it might not even have been midnight yet. Right. Because he was so, he was so distraught. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was, he was drinking at such an outrageous pace, I think, because, uh, you know, he was trying to be cool with it, but you were just so over the top. And I think he thought you were just really just making fun of him. Like, not not making fun of him, like, in fun. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Ridiculing him. Belittling yeah, him. Mocking him. Right. <laughs> right. Which couldn't have been further from the truth. It, it, it he's, he's one of my favorite people in the entire world. Yeah. And, I mean, he and I DJed together. Like, we have a really good relationship. Yeah, why would you do that to a friend? Well, in in my mind, I was I was uh, it was an homage. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was it, it was almost uh, what's it? Flattery is a form of yes. imitation is a form of flattery. Form of flattery, yes. So in my mind, that's what it was. You know, yeah. I was paying my respects. But I, you add a couple of vodka grapefruits into the mix, and and the fact that like you know what are we you know we were like. 21 you were 23 you know right right young drunk and stupid exactly exactly and it probably i'm sure he's over it it probably it probably uh stung a little bit also you know if i kind of recall my you know my senior year um you you finally figured it out, you know. It took you four years, but you finally yeah. figured it out. You have this party. Um, you guys you're, were you're both supposed to be the big fish. You both were working at the bar at that point, right? Yep. So you know, you Brian invite. Was like, you know, he was like the man that year. He was like, you know, he was get he was a bartender. You know, he might have even started getting like you know because they were. They were preparing them to be a manager, you know. Right. So yeah, you, you know, you had a whole crew that you guys probably invited, and the house you kept the you guys kept the house in pretty good shape. Um, yeah. You know, there were probably chicks there. Yeah, tons there were of all chicks. The chicks were over. Yeah, it was going to be awesome. And essentially, what I did was I marched right into the party. I yep. turned the stereo down, pulled my pants down, and took a big fat dump in the middle of the living room. Yeah, I'm Brian Peters. <laughs> he came in there and embarrassed the fuck out of him. He's supposed to be like this cool guy, and here you are just fucking ranking on him. Right, right. <laughs> so I can see that. I can see how that was a little yeah. disconcerting. Um, but again, in, from my recollection, uh, none of it went down that way. Yeah, I know. You know? Yep. Oh, well. Yes. Well, listen, I'm going to write that down because if I ever enter a 12-step program, I know who I'm going to make amends to. Yeah, who you have to apologize to. That's it. Maybe it, Halloween 1997 was a Friday, just like this is this Halloween is. Maybe you should bury the hatchet. 
<laughs> I think 17 years has been long enough. <laughs> uh, well, this year, uh, the joke would be on me if if uh, BP gained about 100 pounds, shaved his head, and moved in with his mother, then he could be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Maybe he'll be walking around half naked with his little penis hanging out. <laughs> Uh, touche, man. Touche. <laughs> uh, All right, man. Well, that's it, huh? Yeah, man, it. I think that's the way you cap this episode. I do think so. The most legendary Halloween story ever. Then on that note, man. With a... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. sorry no, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll, I'll upload that one picture I have of Brian and me with the pink tutu, you know. Get that scan. Maybe I can scan that in the computer at work or something. And I have I'll one uh, on the sly, so we can put up some images of Halloween's past. I have, uh, I, I have one of us. It's a group shot. Koopy's there. Koopy's little sister's there. Some Koopy's random friend of Koopy's little sister. Um, yeah. And it's me and you, essentially, bookending this. This. And what group. are we dressed? At? Is that from that year? You're dressed as as the Halloween and. Um, I mean, you're dressed as the the pink tutu, and I'm in regular clothes. But okay, so it's '96. Yeah. All no, right. Uh, no, oh, yeah. Ho- that's no, that's Halloween '97. '97, I was in the tutu. Yep. Okay. Okay. So on that note, because I know I was Matt Foley one year too, but that must have been '96. <laughs> that All was '96. Right. With apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo. <laughs> Here's Spooky Lou, here's Spooky Light, here's Spooky Lou, on Halloween night, put your right hand in, put your right hand out, give your right hand a take six seconds, turn yourself around, oh here's Spooky Lou, here's Spooky Light, here's Spooky Lou, on Halloween night, put your Left hand in, put your left hand out, give your left hand a shake, 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 and turn yourself around. Oh, here's Spooky Lou, here's Spooky Light, here's Spooky Lou, on a Halloween night, put your right foot in, put your right foot out, give your right foot a shake, 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 and turn yourself around. Oh, here's Spooky Lou, here's Spooky Light, here's Spooky Lou, on a Halloween night, put your head in, put your head out, give the head start to shake and turn yourself around. Oh, here's Spooky Lou, here's Spooky Light, here's Spooky Lou, on a Halloween night, put your whole body in. Put your body out, give your body a sitting, and turn yourself around. Oh, here's spooky, here's spooky light, here's spooky loo, on a Halloween night. Here's spooky loo, here's spooky light, here's spooky loo, on a Halloween, on Halloween night. It's <laughs> great fun. <laughs> Great, thank you. Cut. Okay. All right.